Hello and welcome to episode 52 of My Fancy Zamboni. Um, we're going to full roster again. I think we're on, a, we're on a bit of a roll there, guys, with that. Um, yeah, Gref, how are we doing today? I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm good. It's nearly the weekend. Christmas party tomorrow. So, a few free drinks at the work's expense. So, a few yeah. berries. Just a few, just a few. We had the usual email that goes around saying an open bar is not an invitation to get to get drunk. And remember that your health and safety is your your own concern, and that you must you're, you're responsible for your own actions. It was just one of those that you just think, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Andy, how are we? Um, still a bit under weather, mate. Uh, but getting there. Getting there. Yeah, that's good. We'll take the positive from that. We got to get in there. That's that's good. That's good. <laughs> and Dave, uh, last but not least, how are we doing today, sir? Good to see you, sir. Yes, thank you, sir. I'm not too bad, thank you. I've already had my uh, works Christmas too. Um, um, yeah, that's all been done and dusted. Um, if what about the topic of Christmas deals, of course. Um, but no, all's well. Uh, thank you, sir. No problems. And, and good evening to obviously Graf and Andy. They're not saying good evening back. You've got a nod from Gref, that's about it. I think you forgot that this is audio. Yeah, um, I think that's in fair. That's, that's not the best offer you'll probably offer. <laughs> a, a, right. a, a toothless nod. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, we've only got a week to recap this time. We've uh, two, two weeks on the trot. We've not had a break. Um, so, two seven three victories for the Cardiff Devils um over the weekend they swiftly stopped celebrating <laughs> at that point um manchester uh, got a 3-0 win against dundee in a four-point weekend ref nearly showed a bit of tooth there with a smile and um nottingham beat manchester 5-1 on wednesday just to bring ref back down to earth um <laughs> so yeah gents uh, what, what highlights have you got for me this week I'm going to go Sam Duggan's goal, his second goal against Sheffield. Um, it weren't like a coast-to-coast goal, but it was just an execution of timing. He, he he kind of created and waited for the perfect screen. No goal is saving it. It's a shot on target. It was all about the timing of the screen. He got four people literally in sync in a line and Dubas aside, and he's not saving a thing. Um, so, yeah, it was just more the skill of, of patience and obviously the accuracy of the shot. But that, that was my highlight of, of the week in terms of the ice hockey. Now what about the cricket? <laughs> Less said about that, the better. Apart, apart from a Sheffield to get a double ton, but we can go on about that later on. For my highlight, it's going to be, you already mentioned it, the four-point weekend. Surprise, surprise! But it's the first time this season where we've actually got a shutout, which is... This four yeah, point weekend, we're in December is this now. the Guildford, by the way? Is it the Guildford four-point weekend that you're talking about? Or... No, that's, 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 that's gone now. <laughs> I mean, we did, we did well that week. Me and Dave did anyway on predictions. But we'll come to that later. Yeah, we're less said about that the better. Well, especially in Andy's case. We beat Dundee 3-0 at home. Lovely goal from Gagnon, and then a nice goal at the end for Arlen. When did this turn into a Manchester play-by-play? I'm just taking tips from Ander. I can't do it as good as me, mate. 
No one can. <laughs> and obviously we beat Coventry four one. So Was there a good attendance? Uh I don't know. I'm I'm gonna assume so. Oh, it's a traffic Apparently, jam. anyway. It's <laughs> a traffic jam. Andy, swiftly moving on from Greg there. What what highlights you have for this week? Mine is uh, Danny Gautier, who is a player becoming quite a, quite, quite a frequent... Personal favourite of yours. You could say that, or, or very frequent on the, on the uh, top five players of the week. Uh, this week, a completely different goal, uh, just just weaving in, in into the slot, taking a shot, could save it first. And then he up his own rebound, where he saw the puck, he, he dived for it, it was loose, and he, he took it away under Shane Owen, or should I say... Shane Murphy, as he's in Murphy's jersey. A bit confusing, wasn't it? Wasn't it? But, uh, yeah, it was a nice goal, you know, just float your own rebound and, and good things like that. And if, if you can't get in first time, you, you try again. So, yeah, it's a good goal. You're just a fan of him, aren't you? There's nothing oh, wrong in it. You know, just admit to that. And Chris, they're all right. You know? Next week, if he doesn't score, it's going to be what's your highlight? Danny Gautier coming off the bench. <laughs> Steps on the ice with such grace. <laughs> I mean, if him next week, it'll be five for staff. Well, I guess. Yes, five for staff, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, we've uh, Panther Joe, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> just to go against uh, just to go against Panther Joe, uh, my highlight of the week is a goal against the Panthers. Um, Must have hurt you, though. It's, it's, it's specifically not designed to quash any rumours, don't that, uh, you know. <laughs> You've uh, painted his face, can't you? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm wearing a yellow shirt as well, actually, so, you know. <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, Brocklehurst goal against Nottingham. Um, first goal for the Steelers in that game. Comes out of the box. Comes all the way down the left wing. Um, pretty much stood on the goal line at the point where he decides to fire a shot on net. And... Um, I, I had to check about 10 times as to how the puck went in the net because the, the angle was just so ridiculous. Um, I'm, I'm quite baffled it didn't make it on one of the top five plays, to be fair. Everlay's goal was nice to get on there, but just the angle that Broccolo shot from, it wasn't even like he shot from close as well. It was like a, hard, a, bad, a bad angle from a, a, a decent distance away. So uh, a, nice, a nice wrist shot from... Brocklehurst, don't know what Paul Thompson would have had to say about that type of wrist shot, but we'll move swiftly on from that. Um, I'm not sure I can cope with all this steel love from Panther Joe. Don't know about you, um, Fernando. I'd just like to change things up, you know, but what can I say? <laughs> it's Christmas, so, you know, it's, uh, it's not Christmas yet. I've been I've been putting on Christmas decorations, I have to admit. It is, it isn't. Make your mind up. It's December, it's better than like, November. When I was walking down in Ikea four weeks ago and Christmas music was playing, it oh. is rumoured to say it's Christmas now than at the start of November. So yeah. we'll get that. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll move on to the airport section. We'll throw it over to, let's pick somebody, Gref. Uh, Nottingham have had a departure. Do you want to tell us about that one? They have indeed William Quist has left the Nottingham Panthers. Gref's on his own. He's on the ball. Okay. Of course. I, I do my research, you know. And that research too. But yeah, he's played 19 games in the Elite League for Nottingham. He's only got five points. 
compared to last season where he got 52 points in 40 games. Yeah, that was the Denmark League, but still, it doesn't seem like he was gelling well in Nottingham. And they made the mutual decision for him to go back home. Looking at the stats in the Challenge Cup and in the Conti Cup as well, it, it doesn't look too great. And I think the player that they've brought in to replace him, which we'll mention later, is already looking like he's going to fit in a lot better. Yeah, um, 30 games in total for, for Kvist, 6-2. Uh, um, not the return that the Panthers will have wanted from him, given his stats um, in previous years. So, and, and the interesting thing is that they've made the change whilst the Panthers actually have found a bit of form. Um, I've read somewhere, over the last 10 games, they are the Forbes side. So, it's showing a little bit... We mentioned at the very beginning when we were about competitive teams, it's a different culture Panthers side in terms of how they play all together. And that different culture is beginning to show in, in terms of, you know, they're not happy. We mentioned last week about Adam Keith making changes to a team that are there or thereabouts. And the Panthers have shown it as well. So, and like you've mentioned, Griff, you know, the player that's coming, he's a good start against... Uh, um, against your guys, um, Manchester. So it looks like it's a, a signing that's, you know, it's an upgrade. Or what were, and I'm sure we'll go on about it very shortly, but it's not, in terms of Chris, it weren't the signing that they wanted, the production that they wanted. So they've had to make the change. And it's better to make the change now than maybe in four weeks' time when it's probably too late. So, you know, fair play to the Panthers to. Even though no team is out of the reckoning already, but they're, they're making the changes to still keep on the coattails after a really you know, shaky start. They want to keep the form going. They want to be still that form team for another 10, 15 games if they want to do anything um, in the league or indeed Europe. Yeah, there was a massive buzz about him, I think, before, before the season started when they signed him. Uh, just didn't turn out to be the player that, you know, that they were expecting. Uh, I, I like John to pee, you know, expected a lot from him as well, but just wasn't quite fit for the team. Uh, and put, put up the points that I was expecting of him, so it's just one of those, it's one of those things where you know, the player just just doesn't fit in, fit into the whole, the whole setup, and uh, obviously brought in someone else who will, will um, overcome more points above, over over the next um, few months. So yeah, interesting. I'm making myself laugh when it's me to talk next. Um, In your own time, Joe. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys, to be fair. 13 highest point score it for Nottingham in the league, 5 points, 19 games. Not great in the Conti Cup. You know, 1.3 games, as we said. And then in the Challenge Cup, 11 highest points score, 2.8 games. When you bring in a guy that puts three points in in his first game, uh, and as we said, we'll come back to him, but there's only two points behind him already. So, not a bad signing in that respect. Um, yeah, a bit of a, a bit of 
I, I, the only thing that I can think about the league this year and the way that it's going is we're starting to show why we're needing to bring in this eight, this cap on 18 imports. There are certain instances where it's not the case. Like the Steelers have had to make a lot of injury cover signings, as an example. Um, but generally speaking, um, you know, we, we, you, like, you, like you said, Dave, Belfast have done it. Cardiff have now done it. Not even have done it. They're bringing in guys to bolster a team that's already doing well and, and to make changes to try and, you know, put themselves in the best position. It's what everybody wants to do is to put themselves in the best position to be lifting some silverware at the end of the year. But is the way to do it by getting rid of two or three players and bringing in other players just to kind of make that shift around is possibly one of the things that the league's trying to move away from. Um, but if you're going to make a move, I, I think this one for Nottingham, as you say, Dave, they're already on the up. Um, Hansen and Talbot have already given them a big lift. Um, so let's see if moving Quiston and bringing somebody else in does, a, does another job for them. Um, Andy, then the Panthers have obviously got rid of Quist. They brought in somebody else. Do you want to tell us who they brought in? Yep, they have brought in 26-year-old uh, Ontario native Ryan Horvat. Last season, uh, played in the UCHL for Greenville Swamp Rabbits, although he didn't play any games. He was just signed to them uh, and then loaned uh, to Charlotte Checkers for seven games. He got an assist in that uh, there. Uh, a minus four, which isn't bad at all. Season before that, uh, it was divided between Luxbar Scranton and Springfield Thunderbirds, again in the AHL. And before that, he got many, many uh, games in the AHL, so looks really good sign. He put some good points as well. Uh, already, he's played one game and he's got uh, three points. So he's very, very good. Uh, already put in the numbers showing that, you know, uh, the Army business side, they are bringing these players in who, who are going to. To put put points for him, so it's looking very good signing. Uh, I thought at first he was uh, a relative of Belhorvat, who is the captain of the uh, Bank of the Crooks. Yeah, that was the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah, yeah mine as well. Yeah. Was it mine? <laughs> I don't think of Vancouver, so you know. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a left winger, five uh, eleven. Uh, he's got one AHL. Title, uh, not quite sure who that is. With. Manchester Monarchs. Monarchs, thank you, Dave. You're welcome. Okay, very good. Um, I'm going to tag on in, in terms of what Andy says because the point I'm going to think is he's a winner. And two years on the trot, he won the OHL with the, the Guel Storm, and then the year after won the Calder Cup with the Manchester Monarchs. Um, 76 points in two 69 games in, in the AHL. Um, I, I think. He's, he's going to be twofold. One, it's, it's a significant upgrade on uh, Kvist, uh, and I think he's going to do some damage for the Panthers. So, one thing that a few people was worried about was the content of Guy Doucette's phone book in terms of his contacts. To pick up a signing like this shows that he's potentially told us two things. One, actually his contact list is good. Or two, he's able to go out, get contacts, broaden his game in, in terms of I know it's director of hockey, but, you know, stroke general manager-ism um, from the hockey side of things. So, I, I if I'm a Panther sign, I'm happy with that. Guy Brown's a general manager, but he's he's obviously he's doing more of the commercial side of things. This is, you know, he's obviously the looks after the hockey 
side of it. Um, I was just laughing at the word general managerism. Well, you know. <laughs> um, you're very welcome. So, yeah, no, good signing uh, for the Panthers. Wrong podcast, mate. <sighs> See how many times I can mention it though, tonight. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he's going to he's going to do well for the Panthers. Yeah, I, I agree with that. the last part, definitely. I mean, first game, gets three points, goal of two assists. That's changed now. I've just looked at the game sheet. His elite prospects is showing one plus one. The game sheet's now changed, so his first assist on that first Matheson goal has been changed, so he's only got two points. But ah, still, fair enough. Same, same principle. In fairness, it was a nice warm game from him, you know, soft opposition and all that. I've seen some of the goals, to be fair. My line did not do a good job. Uh, you win some, you lose some. Literally. Exactly. I mean, it's come up for a weekend, so you know. How many times are we going to hear this before the end of the podcast? Uh, as many times as you want. None, then. <laughs> All right, well, then I'll do four more. Same amount of points that we did. The weekend. So, Griff, Ryan Hovart, what do you think to him? But yes, the Swift they moved it on. <laughs> Has he ever had a four-point weekend? Probably. I mean, he got four goals in 2017-18 for the Springfield Thunderbirds. So you know, he looks like he's going to do do some damage. Do some damage in this league. I mean, especially in the big, the big arena rinks. So, I'm sure he'll put up some against you guys. Maybe. There's nothing more for me to say now. I think we've lost Dave. <laughs> yeah, I think we have. I've just got an image of him being like my size wrecking ball is doing damage in rinks. Brilliant. Anyway, Joe. Hello. Um. Yeah, I mean, it looks to be a good signing for Nottingham, as I said. Two, would it be three points or two points in his first game? Um, you know, it's nice to see a guy come in and make a difference. Getting a goal as well is always a nice, a nice touch. Um, you often see those guys kind of come in, make the pass, and, and you know, maybe get on the scoring sheet through the assists column. So to get in through the goals as well uh, is a good start. I'm just looking at um, some of the guys that he's played with when he was played for the Manchester Monarchs. Um, because I, I wondered if he'd had any touch with, like, Tim Wallace. I mean, you look at Guy Set, you say Guy Set's phone book people were concerned about, but Guy Set's played a lot more European hockey. So to pull a guy straight out of, like, the ECHL with AHL experience, it, it seems to be a bit different. So it wouldn't surprise me if this had a, a bit of Tim Wallace's influence to it. But um, when he played in Manchester that 2014-15 year, he actually played with Kevin Rain. Um from Belfast. Uh, he played with Scott Sabarin, who was the guy who wiped himself out on a check on David Backers um, a few weeks ago. And he played with uh, Paul Bizonet as well in the uh, in his Calder Cup winning year. So, yeah, weird, weird stuff for you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, assistant captain for the Springfield Thunderbirds for a couple of seasons. Assistant captain for Gelf Storm in the OHL for a couple of seasons. Like this guy's got a bit of leadership to to him. Um, as Andy says, he's 26 years old, so he should be coming into his peak. He should be a bit you know, a decent player, be able to bring some, some decent 
experience and some ability to the team. Um, as, I said, as I said before, Julian, Julian Talbot and Hansen have both brought some good life to this Nottingham team um, that was struggling at the start of the season. I mean, a team that, you know, at one point the fans were about boycotting and, and were getting such poor attendances and really weren't putting the points up. To be making these moves and, and getting the results that they've been getting recently, it, it looks like they're going in the right direction. This could be another step in the right direction as well. Um, the last one on the arrivals and departures this week, I'll throw it over to you, Dave, because I don't want to pronounce his name. Uh, he's signed for Sheffield. Do you want to tell us more? Indeed they have. So, yeah, out of the blue, uh, Sheffield announced the signing of Jani Kolhaminen, um from Finland. Um, vast SM Liga experience, uh, over 830 games, regular season and playoffs. Um, 160 points in the regular season, uh, only 10 points in 81 playoff games. Um, I ain't got the, the plus minus of the playoffs, but regular season, over 750 games, a plus minus of minus 48. For a guy whose stats and points look like he's a third fourth liner in the SM Liga, which is nothing to be a stiffed at. Looks like he's a he's, he's, his two way game is very strong. However, forget all them stats, forget the goals, forget the assists, the main stats, and everyone knows I'll mention it, another CHL winner in the league winning it with Yip Yavascular. And Sheffield fans will have already seen him play, as he did play in the Sheffield Arena when Sheffield was in their first year of the CHL. Um I'm going to ask Andy and Joe. I think it was a 4-2 loss against Bivascular um, that night. But um, I'll take your word for it. I honestly can't remember. It's, it's going off memory. Um, so, but, but the one in Sheffield. Yes. I'll find out. Um, but not only so 800 plus games in the SM Liga. You know that's something to be you know a good resume looking. He's also represented Finland at under 18 and 20 level at the top level of the juniors. So this guy coming up the ranks had you know this is a good signing for Sheffield. This will this will give him some size, six foot three. Um, and I think you know also obviously he was, he's also drafted uh, by the Senators in 2015 overall. I think round four. Um, if you're a Sheffield fan. Obviously, the three of us are here. This is a good signing. And what I liked about the signing, not just the resume of the player, and it goes against of old, there were no rumours. There were none of this, set your alarm for 6am, we've got a signing. It was just out of nowhere. They're talking well, about... The te- you have as well, that's what's been nice. They were, they were talking about the teddy bear toss. They were talking about the Belfast weekend that Sheffield have got. Next thing, oh, we've signed a player. Sorry. I liked it. And uh, yet, yeah, 4 fan. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's a good signing for Sheffield. This and yeah, it highlights the new rule next year of the amount of players signed. Sheffield have had a ridiculous injury ravaged season again. Um, but no, this is a good a good pickup at this time of year as well. And anybody with that amount of games in a top league in Europe at, at the beginning of the season, you'd be like, yeah, good signing. To get in December, good pickup in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, uh, last year, I think a lot of us said that this is this is for the worst season after injuries, and then this season comes along, and 
it just seems like the injury crisis for Sheffield gets worse and worse every year. And, yeah, it, it is devastating as a Steelers fan. Uh, but one thing I do like about Yanni is that he's very consistent in, in his games, like in, in the last, uh, well, since 2007-2008, all but one season he's, he's played 50-plus games. So that's a good sign that he's, he's not a player who's got injury or likely to get an injury or a recurrence of one, which is a great thing. So he, he should be you know fully fit, ready to go. Shouldn't be any problems with him, hopefully, as the season, as the season progresses further down the line. But um, yeah, fantastic wealth experience with uh, Saiper, Hamindina, Kalper and Yvaskula. Um, I think the, the away leg Sheffield played in the CHL was a 3-0 loss. I think against Hugh Vascular. Yes. Uh, yeah, but very, very consistent in terms of the games. Maybe not so much in points, but I think we've got we've got enough uh, points scores in, in the league. As it stands, I think we've got uh, five or six players in, in in the top twenty, so we're okay for scoring. Uh, just want a you know a defensive role uh, forwards, which obviously Milan being put at the back, uh, which I'm I'm going to miss Milan so far. I think he contributed massively. Uh, but in uh, in in colour mining, I, I hope that it will bring us a, a similar sort of presence. You know, uh, keep it steady, uh, creating some plays, some good chances, working those dirty areas. And uh, yeah, seems a good signing. And it, it's a very it's a very kind of Yorkshire, but fin- Finland sounding name. Uh, colour mining. <laughs> yeah, obviously coal mining Yorkshire. Yeah, great signing. Great, great name, great signing. I love the way you went coal mining Yorkshire. Yeah, it's a great signing. <laughs> it was great. It's... Oh. Let's ask what to be Yorkshireman, Griff. Well, I'm less of that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's in denial. <laughs> and he's not swimming. At the closet, guy. <laughs> Swiftly moving on to the player. <laughs> he's, looking at his stats-wise, 800-plus games played in the, the Liga with the playoffs as well included. 740 penalty minutes. That's a, a heck of a lot of penalty minutes. But it does show that he'll, he'll be sticking up for his teammates, which... If there's like a, a hit like on John or Phillips the other week, you know he's going to be there dropping the glove straight away. Not give, not caring what penalty he's going to get for it. He'll stick up for his teammate, especially his captain. There'll be a slashing penalty. Yeah. Maybe an instigator. Oh, we love a good instigator penalty, don't we? Of course. Love a good instigator. In his Champions Hockey League, experience yeah, I'll, I'll mention that for you Dave 36 games 11 points for a third fourth liner that's some pretty decent points going and he's a plus 3 as well yeah I mean you guys have pretty much said everything there is to say about him uh, he's plus minus in the postseason from what I could see is minus 9 81 um, so yeah I, I, and Dave, we were talking about this yesterday, and we both said, as you, as you said, 
to, to have played 750 regular season games plus your 81 postseason games in, in the Liga, it, it's no easy feat. You know, it, it, it's a good accolade to have, and you don't play in that league if you've not got something about you. Whether or not you're in the whether, whether or not you're a fourth liner or a first liner, it doesn't matter to that extent. If you were, if it was a case that you were, you know, that you weren't good enough to be in that league, you'd be playing in the Mestis. Um, regularly. I mean, he's only played a handful of games in the Met, or three games in the Mestis, so all in all. Um, it looks to be a good sign. I mean, his bio on, on Elite Prospects is that he's a big winger with a decent two-way game, uh, strong and good physically. Um, he's six foot three, so to add some some strength and some height and some size to that third line, um, yeah, it looks to be, looks to be a good guy to me. Um, we'll, see, we'll see what he can bring. Um, one interesting thing that I that I heard on the I'll, I'll quote my sources the Steelers podcast was what what Dave Woolley was saying about Eric Melland uh, on that third line. He's the only player that's found consistency in the faceoff circle on that third line. Um, it's going to be interesting with Melland dropping onto D to cover for the injuries to the defence. It's going to be interesting to see who steps back into that faceoff circle because uh, the third line hasn't had a lot of success on faceoff other than with Eric Melland in the centre circle. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does in that, you know, how that slots in. I mean, Cole Minen looks, looks to be a yeah, left, left or right winger, so anywhere but centre. So, we'll see who slots in for that centre role and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Well, I just, I just want to highlight the point you made about the, in terms of the games played in the SM League. It's not a league that is about the, the physical element of the game. So, it's not like an NHL game. The Finnish league, like the Swedish top league, is very skill. It, you know, that's like the heightened thing that they look for players. So to get that many games, even third, fourth liner in a league like that, shows how much about this person that there is, uh, and what he's demonstrated over the years. So, you know, it'll be interesting to him to move from a skill league to a skill stroke physical league. Although he has the the, the uh, six foot three and everything about him. So. I think it's a good signing, and I'd be interested to see how he goes on this weekend in Belfast. He's obviously he's already in the country. Yeah, he yesterday, I think, or he came in yesterday and he was training today. Training today, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he looks to be a good guy to play. In, in, I, I think this is kind of like the flip side. I say the the signing in Nottingham kind of shows potentially the reason to want to push the league to 18 imports. I think that the issues that, that Sheffield have had this year in terms of injuries kind of shows the opposite in terms of what, you know, needing to uh, sign those imports for injury cover. Um, it'll be interesting to see the teams played by injuries like this next season as to how that goes, caps to 18 imports, because that could easily be a season over with. If you've got three or... You, if you've got a full quota of 18 imports and you've got four or five top imports down injured, you, you can't afford to sign anybody else to cover for those, for those injuries. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it is moving forward. I mean, Beth Tower is now injured, I think, four to six weeks. I think the, the report was um, Johnson's out for another 10 weeks. So we're down at least two D-men. So needing... And, and, and there's also no news on Lewing. Yeah, still no news on Lewing. So we're at, well, they're down three D-men. Valorant was back out in the game against Nottingham. Dowd was out in the game against Nottingham. I was kind of astounded on that game that we didn't actually see. We didn't play Kieran Brown, Jordan Griffin or Alex Graham. They were all off the roster. We were down like five or six players injured and we, we weren't playing them, which seemed a bit bizarre. I don't, um, mm. I, I don't get it. I, I, think, I think Fox seems to be a coach very similar to Barato in that he'd rather cut his lines than 
than put the younger guys in. But as I say, I mean, we we you look at two players that we lost straight away for not giving them ice time or not giving them the chance. You know, Ben Bounds is playing in Cardiff now because Sheffield couldn't offer him a place in between the pipes. Robert Farmers was playing for the Panthers because we weren't offering him enough ice time as a junior. He played a few games for us, but spent most of his time on the bench. You know, there are other teams that are willing to give players ice time at that age to develop. We don't, as a team, generally, just across the years, seem willing to give that time. Yeah, it does come across that. and The premise of the new rule is that if you want to play the full line, you've got to play the Brits. Yeah. Are you going to see... So let's just assume you don't have the injuries. You're going to see coaches play two and a half lines because you're not, in essence, what they say is they don't trust the Brits. Yeah. At a time when, in fairness, Brit stock is uh, probably at an all-time high, um, and the younger ones are still coming through. I, I, it's it's gonna be interesting one to see next year. Um, I, I'm gonna throw it out. I wouldn't be surprised also if that's scrapped by before the start of the next season. I'm gonna throw it out there. I won't be surprised. They put the rule out keep everyone on the even balance I won't be surprised if that's tweaked significantly to allow for injury crisis that's the bit that's the bit where it needs to change to my mind it's the injury side because that's the thing I mean it, is it really fair for a team I mean by no by no fault of our own as an example I mean, I, to be fair I'm having the worst season ever as a hockey fan I'm a Penguins fan and I'm a Steelers fan and both teams seem to be having like record-breaking injury seasons, but um, to be fair, let's say let's let's say Cardiff, let's say Cardiff to pick a team that none of us, are, you know, are fans of to pick a team that have been in in the top two or three for the last five six years. Let's say Cardiff next year end up with five or six injuries. That could easily be their season over with by no fault of their own couple of players taking a puck to the hand, a player getting a back check, another player getting slashed to the arm and breaking a bone in his arm, another guy taking a tumble to the ice and breaking his leg. You know, it, it doesn't take anything. It's no fault of your own. So to lose, to, to essentially be out of the runnings because you've just hit a, bad, a, a bit of bad luck in terms of injury seems a bit odd. I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know how you can get around it. That's the issue. And then teams will look for, and teams, sorry, teams will look for that. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I, I certainly don't disagree with you. It wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. If it was a case that they decided to change it significantly. But we'll see. Um, but, sorry, we dragged that off topic slightly. Um, we'll move back. Uh, I said about um, slashes and things like that. So we'll, we'll talk now about dops or lack of dops um, in, <laughs> in that respect for this week. Um, Danny Fitch was ejected from the game against the Steelers on Sunday night in Nottingham. Um, he got a five-plus game for slashing. Um, Anthony DeLuca took a shot on goal after the whistle. Uh, Danny Fick skated in from behind, stick up in the air, brought his stick straight down on, on DeLuca's hand-slash-wrist. Uh, DeLuca dropped his stick, wasn't even aware that Fick was coming in towards him. Um, five-plus game. It should have been reviewed. The DOP section on the Elite League website now says that any major or misconduct penalty is reviewed. Um, however, we've heard nothing. Nottingham obviously played on Wednesday. So, presumption is that DOPs have reviewed it and decided the five-plus game was adequate. What What do we think? 
I'm going to answer this twofold. I'm going to answer the the new world and the old world, and I hope it will come and kind of make sense. In the old world, where stuff happened, something was done. Whether it was you know you know choice them, or you gave them a good slash, you know you you, you did something. You they had to answer the call. Okay. The new world, the way the game's moved on, and this is not a criticism of that, but it's a more accepted the reality. We've seen bans already this year for slow foots, for slashes, for dangerous play. Why Collect- co- collectively, well, that's not dangerous play, it's just stupidity. Um, and a bit of picking. Um, collectively, we've said that the dangerous play that's been punished by Dops has been pretty much spot on. Look at it through the eyes of the new world, because there's a lot of people in the old school where fighting should be, you know, it should be fine, and I'm a part agreement with that, and not hidden away like it has been tried to be. In the new world of hockey, that should have been a suspension. It's not like it's... So you look at the Bentivoglia one, the one that we discussed at length on the podcast, and off the podcast we was, you know, a fair a parallel but difference towards... That was a one-hand slash that bounced off the stick, hit the person, right? That weren't premeditated per se, as in hit him in the head. It was he's trying to sweep it. It's happened. Thick slash. He's gone. He's one of two. One of one thing, and he's gone to hurt the person, right? For me, looking at everything that's happened with Dops this season, for them to go, you know, that's okay. We'll just five plus game was fine. I think is a is a load of rubbish. We'll say it's well, a piece well of moderated. We'll say it's a piece because it is it's it's worse than rubbish. It, it it doesn't fit with everything they've done. For it me. doesn't fit with everything they've done. <laughs> and it was a sick move as well. Um, I I just I've I've no issue with a person. Now let's let's we don't know if Deluca heard the offside calls. We don't know if he knew it was offside. Right, let's ignore that for a second. I never listen to who thinks our oh, Sheffield player being battered. Hey, that's good, that's fine. Ignore it, park it. Okay, yeah. if if someone shoots on, on, on Duba after the whistle and grabs him and no choice him and takes a, a, a fighting major, fine, answer the call in that respect and self police police it. You know, and he could have gone and just grabbed him by the shoulder, turned around and started swinging. Do you know what? We've all been to put arms in, oh, it's disgraceful, but actually, no. In a context of you look after your goalie, so I have no problem with them looking after the goalie. But the slash, the use of a stick as a weapon, which is what he's done, for me is in the new world of hockey, is a is a no. And in fairness, you probably even say the old the old school of, you know, what? Why did you use stick? Should have dropped gloves. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll bring Griff into this. You know, you wouldn't have seen the likes of Nykar, Allison, Cruz. Um, Maxwell Trumbly. I was trying to think of Manchester guy. Apologies. Um, uh, Farone. You would have seen them guys use a stick. They'd have just grabbed them and their gloves are off. That's it. We, you answer the call there and then. Not this pathetic. Let's use a stick as a weapon because that's what it's becoming now. And you, 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 you know, we're looking obviously looking late night at that, but you wouldn't have seen that, would you, mate? You, you definitely wouldn't have. I've. I've seen the the slash because the the 
the video of it made its rounds on Twitter, and it, it was pretty nasty. It's like, I, I'm all for you. You, you stick up for your goal there. They've, the players shot on after the whistle. They have to answer for it, but not in that type of way. You go up to them, and even if it was like, like a glove punch or something, you'd be... You'd be like, oh, you shouldn't really glove punch him, but still, you're like, yeah, I can see why you've done that. Though, still, he has to answer it for it, but not with the slash with the intent that he's done it in as well. Is that as if he was playing the new Star Wars game or something? And he's he's pretending he sticks a lightsaber. It's unless it all, or he was like pretending it was it was baseball season or catching up on his golf swing. The only person I think would probably do that would be like Happy Gilmore. It was like, like watching Youngblood. You fights in Youngblood where they're like getting the sort the, the sticks out of each other's hands first. Uh, or um, in Slapshot. Mm. With Doctor Hook or whatever he was called. But it's a silly move. I'm surprised. Nothing's come about of it, and I'm I'm we can only assume that they have actually fully looked at it and gone, yeah, five plus game that's fine, because they've not really said they've looked at it and gone, yeah, we we don't think it's worthy of a ban. Just only thing I can think about it to be honest on a, a level playing field. I'm I'm not going to tell you know uh, I don't know if Duke heard whistle or not but it's always like that rule 101 not to shoot the puck after a whistle uh, could be you know reasonable explanations why why he did obviously one being it just didn't hit a whistle at all but it's a very coward move, cowardly move from Fick to try and slash him I mean I think in, in a, norm, a normal uh, player probably would have just give, given him a shove or, uh, or squared up to him and you know it that way, but it was a very cowardly thing to do to just go behind him and, and give him a two hand slash. And like, like you've all said, with, with the track record of Dops having so far this season, it's it's very strange as to why they've, why they've not handed, handed anything out on fake. Uh, we can only assume that they have looked at it, as obviously Panthers have, have had a game since then, and uh, usually they bring the material in within out within one or two days after an incident. So, yeah, I I don't get why they've, why they've not done anything about it. Um, it. It's a strange one. This just baffles me in so many different ways. As I said, DOPS, DOPS have said, if you want to DOPS take from the Elite League, DOPS will automatically review the following situations that would occur within any EIHL sanctioned game or major in game misconduct penalties. So, he got a five plus game. It should have been reviewed by Dops. As Andy said, they've had a game since. Um, Mario Mackey uh, was actually reviewed on the Saturday night of the double header between Belfast and Cardiff because they were playing on the Sunday. So Dops have always tried to review before a game if that before that player plays again. Essentially, um, they've had four days now, still nothing, and it, it's just it's narrow minded to me for an extent as well, not giving any sanction on it. You look at the way that the league has leagues progressed, the sports progress, it's not just the elite league, it's the, the NHL's doing it as well. Every single slash is penalised. 
every single slash is like you see the tiny like a stick lift that might have like brushed a glove and it's called a slashing. So many people have said like that there's no flow to the game at the minute because the referees are calling every slash. And that was like there was a, a big league meeting apparently before the year where, where all the referees were told to crack down on the stick infractions. So why then is a player allowed to lift his stick at like head height, bring it straight down on a player's arm, but the player's not even looking at him? That's that's the bit that baffles me. As, as you guys have all already said, you shoot at a goalie after the whistle, it doesn't matter whether you've heard the whistle or not. No issues with somebody filling him in. No issues with somebody taking exception and doing something about it. Um, but Andy, you used the perfect buzzword for me on that. It was the exact word that I said on Twitter um, a few days ago. It's cowardly. It's cowardly. Fair enough. Grab hold of him. No choice in his days. Get hold of him. Make him fight. Make him fight. To be fair, the type that we've seen DeLuca drop the gloves before, he's not the type of player to shy away from a fight. But you know, if you need to no choice him, no choice him. If you need to give him a tap and say let's go, or give him an old, a good old fashioned face wash, go for it. But why, why the hell are we coming to skating behind a player who doesn't even know you're coming and slash straight down on his wrist? It, it just, that, that is just cowardly. So to me, both incidents are as stupid as the other, but this one should easily be penalised. As you guys have already said, we don't know whether or not DeLuca heard the whistle. Um, we can only, I mean, face value from what, what I've heard from a few people, people said he didn't hear the whistle. Um, Panthers fans have been saying he was on the wind-up all game. To be fair, the only thing that we can actually go off on that is there was no call on the play. The referee didn't deem that it was worthy of a penalty. He got a two-minute roughing penalty for what ensued afterwards. The, ref, the referee didn't deem that there was anything worthy to be called on that. They didn't say, like, you know, oh, let's give him a 10-minute misconduct for firing after the whistle. They just left it. So that's the only thing to me that we can go off to show the intent wasn't there. Whether it was or not, it's irrelevant. But the thing that baffles me is, and I said this today, Dave again yesterday, the league and the NHL and every single hockey league out there now is so unbelievably concerned about lawsuits and about, oh, they could raise, oh, this could come back and bite us. Oh, this such and such has got a head injury. Are we going to get any, are we going to get sued for it? Every league has taken reasonable steps towards really, really significantly pushing away from fighting penalising the head hitch, penalising the checks from behind. There's a reason that for a long time, DOPS only automatically review checks from behind and checks to the head in addition to match penalties. The, you know, the league takes those very, very seriously. And part of the reason for that is because if it happens, then they're, they're showing that they're doing everything they can to push that out of the sport. And that's the reason that if a, if a player further down the line goes, actually, I've got CTE or I suffered a serious concussion in, in this league, no, that's the reason that they're going to go, oh, no, actually, you can't bring an action against that. And, the, and yet the league are happy with this. What, what's the stop? The, what's the difference, realistically? I, I appreciate the fact there's more medical conditions, there's more medical issues that are suffered from a player that's had a head hit. As I say, you've got CTE, you've got the concussions. Obviously, once you have one concussion, you're more susceptible to other concussions. So there's, there's obviously a lot more health issues. I'm not by any means saying this is on the same part. But let's say that that slash breaks a bone in DeLuca's wrist or fractures 
fractured your scaphoid, the, the most difficult bone in the wrist to heal because there's no blood flow. It fractures your scaphoid. He plays on it for the rest of the season. At the end of the season, he goes, actually, this isn't getting any better. Then all of a sudden, after a bit of, after a bit of looking at it and a bit of surgery, actually, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take months to heal. And he can't use his wrist properly again. What's to say that he can't go back to the league and say, what have you done to protect me? It's only the same principle. This, and the whole point of DOPS is the player safety side, and yet you're okay with a player skating in and hacking at a guy's wrist. It just it baffles me. It really, really does. It really, really does. Um, I wish that the, th- the other thing is the other argument is one of our players should have gone in and done something about Vic slashing. Because again, I like to think that, that our players would stick up for each other, where a guy comes in from behind and does that, that somebody else would step in. But, you know, then we end up with a domino effect of everybody's apparently just hacking and whacking at each other now because it's apparently legal. That, that's the issue. You, we've all talked about it before, that fighting's going out of the sport. You know, there's no fighters left. People don't fight anymore. And as Dave says, people are turning more and more to using the stick. It's the reason that slashing's been more heavily penalised this season. But now... And I said this before we knew whether there was going to be a docs review or not. And I said this on our on our messenger chat. My watch is trying to talk to me. Um, I said this on our messenger chat before. Whatever docs does, whether they review it or not, and what the decision is, they set a dangerous precedent. And I think they've just set the most dangerous precedent in not penalising that at all. The one thing I'll, I'll throw in here is everyone talks about European leagues being very soft and non-fighting because a fight is five plus game. And the one thing you always said when you watched European hockey, and we're talking 10, 12 years ago, is the stick work. The amount of dangerous stick work. You couldn't fight because you were out of the game, so you gave him a good slash. And we're not talking just a tap. We're talking a good old twander. And you've seen it now more and more across the board because of the push to move fighting away. And I I, 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 I asked the question then in in terms of, you know, in, in hockey discussion, but I'll say again, what would you rather have? The willing two willing combatants fighting or a guy slashing someone and not knowing it may be as a result of something but in essence not knowing what would you rather have what would the game of hockey rather have it's got to be the fight surely yeah it has to be the fight yes same for me Uh, it's funny because I was watching a feature on the service hockey night uh, live uh, a, few, a few days ago, uh, it was basically showing during Dinsville uh, a, a full line brawl between uh, Joe's favourite team, Klagenfurt, and uh, Zagreb. And uh, it was pretty up a goalie who, who was involved in that called Andy Kyoto, played quite a few games in the NHL. And I know did like a feature, is like a reminisce sort of thing. And yeah, it, 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 it was. It, it did show that, that there was, you know, not so long ago, there was uh, quite, quite a lot of fighting in the league. But obviously, the, the, those players just aren't available anymore. There's, there's nobody like them anymore. And obviously, the game has just moved on in Europe from only a few years ago. It was very, it was very different. It was very physical. And now it, it is all skill. But I, I definitely like to see some fighting back. Cause there is times when it's needed. I think times when it's needed, it, it's not there when it should be. Mm. It's just, it's just daft. That's, that. I'm astounded that they've not. I'd, I'd have said, for me, 
two or three game ban for that slash. Category two, reckless, at least. There's a, to me, there's a definite intent to injure there. Because if there's not an intent to injure, you go, you slash the, you go for the back of his leg. You go for the top of the thigh where the pads are. Or you give him a cross check. There's only one reason that you slash down like that on a player's wrist. I, it, 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 it astounds me. It really I'll be, does. It'll be interesting to see another team, another player, have get a suspension for a similar-ish, so not necessarily the whole hog, but something similar of what Fick did and be suspended. I'd be, it'd be interesting to see that. Yeah. Because like you, like you and I think Andy mentioned as well, the precedent set, you've now said, yeah, crack on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fully agree. It's going to be interesting. The backlash as well, if it happens and it's penalised more next time on the backlash, it's going to be interesting. I saw some quite funny comments of people saying that it's not been like social media interactions haven't been that stirred up between the Panthers and the Steelers since Kelsey Ferguson, uh, Kelsey Wilson slash Simon Ferguson. And I just thought that's quite an accurate comment. But um, uh, the one thing I will say, we said we're not going to touch on social media, so I'm not really going to do It's more of a mindset that, that winds me up a bit. There's, there's been the people that have said he shouldn't have shot after the whistle. And not, I don't think any of us are in disagreement with that. If you, as, as we say, if you shoot after the whistle, whether you mean to or not, you're going to get a faithful. You're going to get filled in. That's fair enough. Same as touching the goal. You know, like you run the risk of injuring the goal. If you shoot after the whistle, the goal is at the whistle and he's not paying attention. All he needs to take is that puck at the wrong angle and that's it. And that's the issue. So fair play. Fair play to that. You've got Steelers fans saying that the, the, the slash should have been penalised. It's disgusting. It should be a ban. Again, agree with that. The one thing that just utterly disgusts me to an extent is people saying, oh, he should have broke his wrist. Oh, he should have broke his arm. There's rivalry and then there's stupidity. And I'm not being funny, but turning around and saying that any player deserves to have his arm broken is just ludicrous to me. You don't want to see any player get injured. And we've all had that point where an opposition player's been down on the ice. You give him, you give the respect, you clap when he gets up, you know, end of. It doesn't matter what colour he's playing on, it doesn't matter what logo he's got in his chest, no player deserves to have an arm broken or an injury like that. Uh, he just, he, he to that. That's the one bit that really wound me up was the amount of people that I saw say, oh, he deserved to get worse, oh, he deserved to have his arm broken. Shut up. Just honestly, just short. Sure. It shows the way that fan that like this sports going in terms of fans. If people are coming out with comments like that now, at the end of the day, they've got a job to do. They've yeah, got a family to support. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hey, gee, just honestly, baffled me the amount of people that I saw saying it. As long as, it, as long as you can hide behind an anonymous username, all's well with the world. Yeah. An anonymous use your name, but you still have your own right to an opinion, and nobody can tell you it's wrong to say that, despite the fact that you're um, saying that a guy deserves to have his arm broken. Twitter is a wonderful thing. We're not going to go on social media. We've actually said we're not, so we'll move swiftly away from that. Um, Dave, I am going to throw this over to you so you can have your special five minutes on the podcast this week. Uh, it is, of course, we're going to mash them together this week, the CHL and the Conti Cup. 
Indeed, we are. So not, we have the challenge for just for clarity. Well done, Joe. I'm I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, so we've had the um, the first leg of the quarterfinals, and we'll quickly go through the scorelines. Uh, for Lunda, um, lost to Bielbien. Uh, I've just got a song in my head when I hear that team's name. Three uh, two, but Bielbien was three 0 up. So advantage to to Biel going back to Switzerland. But we also happened with Frölunda when they were six three down uh, in the last round. Um, Jonas Hiller in that game also ex Anaheim Duck and saves. Yeah, fifty saves. Ex Anaheim Duck and ex Calgary Flames player fifty saves in that game for BLBN. But they didn't need to score a period, did they? Um, Diagarin, Diagarin has probably put. One foot into the semi-finals unless something drastically happens in Munich. Beating Red Bull Munich 5-1. Mountfield, uh, they seem to have found their love for the competition or their owners have found their love for the competition now. Uh, Drew with Zug won all. Um, I'd probably say advantage Zug. Um, I see. I could see them making the, the semi-finals. Lulia uh, beat Lausanne uh, 2-1 away in Lausanne. Um, so uh, probably advantage Leah having to go near the North Pole for the return leg. They're all next week. Um, gee, I, do you know? I'd like to say they're going are in the semis, but seeing the way Falunda tore Fargus had in the previous round in Munich, who knows? Um, but no result, even that one is is kind of definite. You know who's going to make it? Uh, should be a great second leg of the quarterfinals next Tuesday if you can uh, Free Sport will have one I'm going to guess that they'll have the Zug game that's the closest of the four um, and then watch the other three on the, the Champions Hockey League website they will have them on YouTube um, you may hear a couple of voices uh, that British sports fans will recognise one definite from BBC one from the Cardiff Devils webcast um, so Bob Ballard does the commentary but also um Gareth Hewitt of uh, Ice Time TV has been doing the, the broadcast for the Champions League. So, some good games there for next Tuesday. We mentioned the mashup. The final of the Conti Cup has been announced as a host. And fortunately for the Panthers fans, you haven't got to go to Belarus. And I'm not going to lie, I was hoping to God you were because the crime beforehand was hilarious. Very. Um, you know, you hear people, oh, we've got to get four hours on a train. And me and Gref are like, yeah, try six hours and then come back to his crane. Um, so standing it's going up. and standing up as well. Yeah. So it's going back to Denmark. Uh, Sondersiki will be hosting the the final. Um, they don't have to go to Belarus, but they have to pay Danish prices. Yeah, they have to drink Carlsberg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They'll be crying for it to be in Belarus now. It will be. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Grodno, Sondersiki, the Panthers, and Krakow. Uh, all with CHL experience. The winner of that, I think it's the first one now that all four, if they win, will get the stamp to go to the CHL. Um, the Panthers have as much a chance as anybody. Uh, we saw how tight the pre, the, the other semi-final group were with uh, Krakow and Grodno was in. So it'll be interesting. That it's the weekend of the 10th to the 12th of January. Where the, the, they're still selling Christmas Tuborg then. They may be, they may not be. But they'll get the, the London to Copenhagen Airport being told that Carlsberg's the best log in the world and know that they're lying. 
Um, For the Bacardi Breezer. And so I wish the Panthers the best. Look, I want to see the Panthers win it only because. He wants to jealous lot. <laughs> absolutely. And the, the longer. So here's the thing. The longer GB get two spots in the CHL, the further they go up the rankings. Now they they are they are far away from. I think they are the set the the eighth team in league aspects ranked in the CHL. So you have your founding little six leagues who are guaranteed spots. And then the, the challenge leagues get one. We're now climbing up against with Essex. Belarus are the one that's seventh. But you see the performances of the Devils, you see the performances of the Giants and the, and the Panthers and the Steelers and the Clans to an extent. And the, the Elite League has climbed up and got to a position where they could potentially three or four years, maybe even nudge that sixth spot. It'll take a lot. It'll take a, a couple of teams going round of 16, quarter final. But the progression where you're you going to get stuffed seven, eight goals, ignoring the Flunder results against Cardiff to a point, that's that's like you know three years time from British teams in the CHL to now, it's a whole you know whole brand new ball game. So I'm I'm all for two British teams in that CHL, and if it means Flunder coming close to Sheffield, apart from Cardiff on a Tuesday night, I'm down for that. I was good that game was on a Tuesday night. If they'd have made that on like a Friday or a Saturday, would have gone down for that. Yes. But, Without a doubt. No, it's got to be said, but you've got to wish Panthers well. I, it's a bitter thing to say when it's a team that, you know, is one of your rivals, but at the end of the day, the good that it does for British ice hockey, and they're, they're showcasing the sport in our country, um, it can only be good for them to do as well as possible. Um, yeah. And I think, to me, the game to watch in the in the CHL so far has got to be that BLBN for Lunder game. Because the way that for Lunder came out in that in that last game when they had the deficit, it was just unreal. I know it's only a one-goal deficit this time, but they're out to prove a point now. And it's it's in Switzerland as well, isn't it? It was in for Lunder that they lost. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think, at first, I think Munich one is as interesting. Yeah, they get they get two goals in that first period, and they'll go on a roll. If yeah. they if they fill the Olympia Stadium, that building will be bouncing. They will go for it. That first goal changes everything. If that if that first goal's quick enough, and it's for, and it's for Munich, then it's game on. That first goal takes too long, or that first goal comes for uh, for Deer Garden, then we're we're talking a different game completely. They've just uh, pulled the weirdest face. <laughs> I'm watching, sorry, I'm watching the Islanders uh, uh, Vegas game. Ironically, a, a nice piece of skill from Jordan Eberle. Um, no goal received, but uh, that was a, just a really nice move. Uh, so there's a bit of a, oh, this could be a nice goal, goal of the week type thing, but no. Uh, so yeah. Shut down by Malcolm Subban. Malcolm Subban. So back to European hockey. Um, we all, all sit there. Um, and then I know we'll mention it. Later on, but you go from the club aspects of European qualification to tournaments to uh, the international um, qualification to the Olympics. But I know we're mentioning that later on. To be fair, I was just scratching it off the agenda because we were only mentioning it anyway. So carry on with that, mate. It's fine. I don't know the details of it, so we might as well might as well keep it in here rather than mentioning it later. Fair enough. So February, uh, the first weekend of February. GB will 
attempt to qualify for the Olympic Games. Um, something that hasn't been done for one or two years. Uh, last time for uh, Pyeongchang, it was a uh, the damp exit in uh, Cortina against the Italians. Uh, the year before for Sochi, so the, the Olympic for Sochi, they made the last qualifying round in Latvia. And didn't get anywhere near it. Uh, so this this year, oh sorry, in February uh, next year, they will uh, start the campaign against Hungary, Estonia, and another qualifier. Now we'll not know the qualifiers until after the, they're all done. So different to the Conti Cup, where you know if you win that group, you're going there. How these are done is they all say the highest rank of the qualifiers goes this group, and then so on and so forth. So you'll not know until so something you can go you can predict um, where teams who win will go. Potentially, if you tried following a pattern. If Giba was to qualify, they could end up in August, back in Slovakia. Um, so Gref can listen to a bit more Slovensko. Um, and, you know, who knows? Could they make Beijing? I'm going to, you know what? I'll ask this as a question, and we'll do it as a social media question. How big would it be? Given how well they've done in the World Champs, but how big would it be to, in August... We say Great Britain are playing in the Olympic Games in Beijing 2022. I think that would probably be on probably on par maybe with us actually being in the Pool A originally when we first went up. I think it probably on par with then as soon as games start playing. I think that's when it'll probably hit you, I think. Actually, no, this is probably bigger. Because it's going to be a, a wider audience. Because it's not going to be just on free sport. It's going to be on BBC. I was just going to say that the best thing is in sliced bread. It would be, like Ref said, not some uh, specialised channel. Rocky, it'll be available for everyone on the British Broadcasting Corporation, which I thought we've seen GB on there for oh, how long? A long time. A, a very long time, anyway. <laughs> so it's, it's the easiest it, answer. It'd be a great advert for the sport in in the UK uh, to see them see them on there. So it'd it be the best thing, uh, best thing for a long time in this sport, to be honest. It'd be great to move to the triple, wouldn't it? I mean, um, GB represented in the top tier in the world champs. GB having a couple of slots in the CHL this year with uh, with Belfast and Cardiff both doing really well. Um, it'd be great to move to the triple to get that qualification spot for, uh, for that as well. It'd be, you know, I, whether it happens or not for the Olympics, it'd be great to see it happen. It'd be good to see the triple come this season. Um British hockey's moving along so so much. We're starting to become more of a, you, you see it in the player side. To be fair, we're starting to be taken more and more seriously as a league. Um, then you see the league not give a ban to a slash, but we're not going to go back to that. Um, we're starting to be taken more seriously as a league, um, and you can see it in the quality of signings. Um, you know, Chad Rao coming from the KHL, Martin Saint Pierre. Yes, he was let go, but another another. Big KHL player, Aaron Johnson with a lot of NHL experience. Um, you know, you had Chris Stewart coming straight from the NHL for the Panthers the other season. 
McGrattan coming over. Do you know, it, 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 there's been a, a significant increase in ability over the years in, in this league of people signing. And uh, if we can carry on and push to, to make noise in the World Champs and the Olympics and the CHL, then it's only going to get better. Yeah, it's, um, it'd be... And I don't think Dizzy could script it if GB qualified for Olympics. It'd just be... It'd be completely mind-blowing. Um, and it would be great, you know, to build on the history of, of Great Britain in the Olympics at ice hockey. Obviously, the gold medal in the, back in 1936. Um, some countries don't even have a gold medal who are, are higher-ranked in prestige nowadays in ice hockey. So... I, I, it'd, be the, it'd be the greatest achievement they would do. It'd be a, a heck of a job to do. Um, in fairness, the group getting out in February isn't going to be a guaranteed walkover. But the one after will be very tough. But if there's one thing they've shown in the World Champs this year, is that they'll not give up and they'll compete. So you never know. You know, miracles can happen. Mm. You know, why, you know we, 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 we tempered with the Lake Placid moment in Budapest. Maybe it's time we had a proper one in Again. the same competition. Again. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add, to be fair. Okay. Robert Farmer going to be TJ Oshie then. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, wow. <laughs> TJ Oshie was the uh, the penalty shots though, so surely that'd have to be Ben O'Connor just doing that move over and over again. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think everybody's okay with that. Brilliant. Um, that, that that's one for it's maybe not a Stafford story, but a, a, a favourite Olympic game in ice hockey terms, the favourite one we've ever watched. Maybe that's the one for a podcast uh, nearer the time of the the February qualifiers. As an actual game that we've ever seen on the TV or physically there. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, we'll go through that more at the time as well. Um, the next thing that I've got, if nobody's got anything else to add on that one, um, I've seen shaking of heads. So we'll go to the next one. Is the coaching situation in the NHL, um, shall we say to summarise very, very swiftly, is a significant decline in, um, in, in NHL coaching. There's a lot of bad stories coming out surrounding a few coaches. Um, worthwhile taking a look at because it's, oh, it's just interesting, to be fair. Um, it's split opinions quite considerably, um, and that's amongst people that are you know, higher up in the sport as well that have got a lot more experience. It's not just fans that are saying yes or no. You know, there's a lot of people that have come out with their own opinions about this. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, at the time, was just off the back of a decent losing streak. You had Mike Babcock getting sacked uh, by the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was just after Don Cherry was obviously sacked by Sportsnet and released his, his position on Coach's Corner for racial um, xenophobic comments. Uh, Babcock was then sacked. Uh, and then it, just from there, there's just been a fair few comments made about a couple of, of coaches. I think Babcock was one, uh, Bill, Pe- Bill Peters was the other, and then there's also, uh, I'm just trying to find his name again, 
Mark Crawford. Yeah, Mark Crawford um, for Chicago Blackhawks is the assistant coach at the moment. Well, well, I'll throw it out there first. I mean, I've got a timeline in front of me, so I can go through it in a bit more detail. Some people don't know, but we'll throw it out there first, and then I can kind of summarise. I think it's a bit... What I'm saying is it's difficult. It's, it's not in terms of... It's very much... That's what it is. I suppose it's more... It's again. It's kind of what I mentioned in respect of the the old school way of looking at hockey to now the new school way of looking at hockey. Yeah. Now again, I'll reiterate this. There's no wrong way. But you know, maybe the late 80s, early 90s, creeping into the noughties, coaches would use whatever method they believed was appropriate to get the best out of the players. Um. Whether it was tough love, um, you, you always hear that you, you have some players where you could look at them you know, eyeball to eyeball and scream absolute obscenities to get them going. Or you'd have the player that needed the arm around the shoulder to get them going. You always hear them stories that they're the type, two type of players that you have. But you look, looking at it through the nowadays, the new school, and in fairness, some of that we discussed off. Uh, record last yesterday Joe is that because of a lack of awareness of of maybe mental health issues with with hockey players and because of this constant tough love no nonsense approach the awareness to actually go do you know what I I can't cross the line all the time because a guy's going to to end up in a position where he then has a actually bigger fight on him than actually playing the game of hockey and that lack of awareness then is now kind of where now you know it's you are empowered, you're encouraged to speak up if you are in that position of I'm struggling because of this has been you know, the cause of my my mental health deterioration and this is not a, a slow at any person um, who's been in that position, you know Christ not. It's just now you are empowered to say, do you know what guys or girls, obviously same with women, this has triggered this. You know, decline in my mental health. Would people realise that and thought about that in that the old period of time? No, because it weren't a thing that were thought of. Now it's not a justification, but I wonder if there was more awareness of it. If there was more of a, you know, I'll push these people so far, and it was always I'll push them physically as much as I can, and so they start dropping off and they start getting injured. I stop, but did the same approach to mental pushing of players and I think it's kind of clear that across the board there hasn't been now there are certain examples that are beyond that and in decent society is against the pill and they're the ones that I think the more information comes out the more we'll have I suppose as I said to go for, it'll get worse before it gets better yeah and it's it's not kind of apologising for apologising's sake and saying, oh, you know, it happened in the past, we've got to apologise. It's it's writing what was believed at the time to be the way to do things. And nowadays, and, you know, people, I, I've seen ex-pros saying it's, you know, you should do this, it's a, there's a code about it, you, you know, what, what happened, what happened, it's, you know, you don't go against the brotherhood, you know, why say now after 10 years so long? But... It is something that you see in, in all walks, in all professions, in all 
you know, strands, whether it's politics, whether it's business, whether it's sport, where you kind of go, do you know what, that's happened in the past and we have to readdress it. And I think this is what's happened with hockey. Whether, you know, whether people should be coming out 10, 15 years down afterwards, which is a question that's asked by a lot, and I'll throw it to Griffin and Andy. It, that, 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 the question is, is, is that should that be the case? Or is it, why not? Why not say it now? Because you are now in a capacity to go, I can say this now. I've not got my career to fear for. And I'll, I'll, I'll let Griffin and Andy answer that one. I mean, are we missing Jar as well then? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm all fearful for your two, you know. I, I know I really did kind of took over that one there, so apologies for that, guys. Um, uh, I, I you, you mentioned it, yeah, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better in the league. I can probably see this a lot more of this coming about with the the old time coaches, with the how they were coaching at that time. I mean, I'm all for, like, trying to get the best out of your players, but then it's how you do it that's... Obviously, it's going to be the wrong way. Especially if, like, we're found in... Was it Calgary? With the the racial slur? I mean, that's... Yeah. uh, That's no way to go about it. Not even... Back, what was it, like 10 years or something? Even then, it was still, no, you, you just don't go there. I mean, you could understand it if it was like the 50s and 60s when racism was still like a big thing to do over in around the world at that time. But thankfully, steps have been done to to stop that from occurring. If, I mean, they probably say what tough love and all that. It's tough love, and then it's pretty much being to coin to coin the Carolina Hurricanes. There's being a jerk. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's like a lot of things nowadays. It's it's, it's not just hockey. As soon as one allegation comes out. It's like, it's like a chain reaction, more, more follows. Um, basically, this stemmed from uh, the, well, I'm, I'm guessing then Calgary Flames coach, Bill Peters, allegedly uh, using racial slurs towards one of his players who has uh, since retired. And as uh, you know, uh, mentioned, he, these allegations about, about what he's done. Uh, and from there, uh, Bill Peters has, has just said, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm going to step down from this position, and, and he literally left during uh, a practice session with, with Calgary, uh, and nothing was heard from him for, for quite, quite a long time until he sent uh, the GM of the Flames, Brad Trelling, uh, an email, but basically saying, uh, "Please accept my sincere apologies. Uh, it was a wrong behaviour, uh, and I apologise for my offensive language. Uh, you know, I'm aware there's no excuse." Uh, for language of, of that sort, and, and I apologise to, to to the club, to the team, the fans, and, and everyone from there. And literally uh, a few a, a day later, 
uh, one of Bill Peters' former players when he was in in Carolina called uh, Yuri Klusti. Basically, uh, used used the words in interviews saying that he's arrogant, which players don't have to meet that man again. It's not going to change. There were more stuff like that in Carolina, kicking into Michael Jordan's back. That's acting like a rat. Uh, so there's obviously been more stems from that. And then a few days later, uh, there was uh, allegations towards Mike Babcock about how he uh, treated, uh, which in quarterbacks verbally assaulted, uh, Ford Johan Franzen on the bench, contributing to Franzen suffering from a nervous breakdown on, on the bench. Uh, this is according to Chris Chelios, who is a, a very pretty much legend in the NHL world, especially in, in, in Detroit, uh, on, on his interview with Sweet Chicklets. Uh, basically said that Franzen had been dealing with concussion issues and depression at the time, but was downplaying it as Red Wings were in the midst of, of a playoff run. Uh, Chelios said it, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. And that's coming from a guy who spent two seasons playing for Mike Keenan. So, yeah, it's, it's not looking very good at all for these players. Um, and then there's been fresh allegations about uh, Chicago's assistant coach, Mark Crawford. And basically, the same sort of things, you know, uh, kicking players, uh, using foul language. And, yeah, it's, it's a massive chain reaction. And there's all sorts of these players uh, coming around and... And I'm giving that their version of the events. Uh, Johan Franson has since confirmed that it is true, since the Chris Chelios interview on Spitting Chicklets. And yeah, I won't be surprised if, if more if more of this continues. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's just all sorts going out now. Uh, Franson, uh, as well as uh, confirming his story, uh, he. he Game in interviewing himself, I get shivers when I think about it. That was against Nashville in the playoffs. It was gross, nasty, and shocking, but it was just one of a hundred things he did. The tip of an iceberg. As a coach, he's extremely careful and prepared. He's great at putting together a game system and getting everyone to buy into it. It's his strong side, but then he's a terrible person, the worst person I've ever met. A bully who went after people. There could be cleaners in the arena in Detroit or anyone. He jumped on people just because. In 2011, I was terrified of being in the ice rink. I was just focusing on getting up in the mornings. That's when he went after me for the first time, and last year was the first time I slept naturally since then. He was a specialist in dealing with the media. He creates teams that are very hard to beat. You can't take that away from him, but it makes his players very anxious. They are terrified of making mistakes. Um, that is a very, very personal account from Johan Franzen against the uh, former... Uh, Toronto and, and Detroit coach, so I, I'm not surprised if more of this happens. There's also been a, a statement from the Coaches Association, which was released a couple of days ago. Uh, basically, saying we believe the NHL is a league built on hard work, respect, and teamwork. It is a coach's job to understand how best to motivate players while respecting them as individuals and valuing them as people. Coaching philosophies differ from coach to coach and season to season, but there are lines that cannot be crossed and there is certainly no room in the, in the NHL or anywhere else for abusive behaviour of any kind. The National Hockey League, including management, players and coaches, has evolved and the NHLCA is committed to working with the NHL and NHLPA to ensure respectful working environments for everyone. That's basically the latest on that. Yeah, I think this is going to open a can of worms now. I suspect that we're going to hear a lot more about this. Um... He's just baffling. I mean, they, 
you hear you've you heard you hear stories about Babcock previously. Um, things like, um, I mean, if you listen to Spitting Chicklets, Mike Commodore has spoken a fair few times about him, and I think he was kept out of a certain game, brought up, and then kept out of a certain game, which prevented him from reaching a certain milestone. And, and Babcock told him that he was never going to hit that milestone again. He'd make sure of it. Um, just all these kind of things. I, it's just crazy. I think it was 500 games, I think. Looking at it, Commodore finished on 484 games. So I don't know if it was 500 games that he was that he was moving towards. But um, another one that I read about Babcock was that when Mitch Marner was a rookie, he asked Marner for a list of players that were ranked from the least hardworking to the most hardworking. Um, Marner gave him the list, and then behind Marner's back, he went and showed that list to all the players in the dressing room. Um, obviously not a great look to give to a rookie on that team for Marner but showing him basically saying look this guy's made a list about you all um, it, it's just it's really quite baffling I mean it, it shows you doesn't it I mean all this all this stuff that came out and you know when it when it when when what happened with Don Cherry happened it, it was this kind of big shocking event and now it's just is more I know obviously it wasn't in, in terms of a coaching aspect with Don Cherry but then all of a sudden it's Babcock and all these stories coming out and then there's Peters and then there's Crawford it, it's quite it's quite concerning and quite scary to see how much this has been just squashed and, and not talked about for so long um, I mean Sean Avery's come out and, and said about about Crawford and that um Crawford reportedly kicked Avery over a, repeatedly kicked Avery over a too many men penalty, and Andy, I mean, you you said, and the summary from from the league sums it up the best that each coach is different, and it's down to the coach to decide. Uh, it's down to the coach to motivate the players, but yeah, I, you you've got to take into account the fact that the players are still they've got their own issues. That, that each player is different. Each player responds to certain things differently. Um, it's just poor. I mean, Bill Peters with the with the racial slurs is just something different. That's not even trying to motivate your players. That's just that's just another. That's just a different ballpark. There's no room for that in the sport. There never has been room for that in the sport. And players have have have, have said it. And in fact, I think Peters has actually um, admitted it as well now in a statement just before he stepped down. So there's no room for that. I mean, that's completely said. That that's. To my mind, he's, he's completely separate to it because that's not a that's not a coach trying to motivate his players. That's not a coach that's getting too emotional about a game. That's just a coach that's just he just. There's no even words. Being a dick. That's, that's basically it. Um, there's no room for that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the one the one point of encouragement to take from it as a whole, and and I think we use this before we kind of move on is the reaction from the league. I mean, the league, Gary Bettman um, and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly uh, met with Aliou to review the, the, the situation with a, with a view to you know, moving forward and trying to stomp it out as much as possible. Um, you know, I think that's the, that's the main positive that you can take from it, is the way that the league have reacted is very much a case of this needs to stop and we're going to review it to make sure that it's not still happening. Um, 
I, I, yeah, as I say, I, I think moving on from that, I think that's the that's the positive to take from all these stories that have come out that that's it's moving in the right direction now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't I I don't have anything else to add on that. I think Andy covered pretty much everything I was going to say to be fair. Um, if nobody else has got anything to add, I think we're, we're good to move on. Yeah, all good. So. Um, I'm going to throw this over to somebody else because I don't really get it. But it's a good thing to mention. Um, Marco Valorand of the Sheffield Steelers has started his own little fundraising um, innovation. Um, I believe part of it was starting from a comment on Twitter um, that somebody would get a tattoo if Valorand signed for the Steelers because he didn't think he was going. Valorand straight away called him out at the... Uh, <laughs> the like what what was it what event was it Dave you you like end of season this is what's happening oh, oh yeah. it was the, a number it was of times it was a meet the coach it was Aaron Fox yeah. came on. um it was a meet the coach and kind of an update on where we're going this season and, and Valorant turned up as the one of the new players and basically called him out straight away and said where is he because he needs the tattoo. So I think part of it's surrounding that, part of it's surrounding the need to fundraise for um, the Sheffield Children's Hospital. I don't know if it's a mental health unit of the Sheffield Children's Hospital from what it sounded like. I haven't really looked into it at all. So I'm not, I'm not sure what the actual unit is. I'm, I, and this is a Christopher Valon, but his video on his Instagram account is, is not the clearest. However, um, he is trying to do something, a bit of a raffle for a unique design shirt. Um, and the last check, he wanted to raise £500. Well, it's nearly £1,500 as of about five minutes ago. So he's getting people to donate five or ten to into a raffle. Uh, do you know what? You, you hear these stories all the time and different teams do it, different clubs. I suppose it's just a nice thing, especially around Christmas time, that they, a, a charity like the Children's will get a nice little bonus Um just you know, just for Christmas, um, a charity that I know that these these type of charities means a lot to all of us on on this podcast, and and there's different ones around the UK. So it, it's good that he's doing it. It's it, he's using his uh, his platform to to make a difference. And you know, if you are interested, I think the best way to do it is if you're interested in what has happened, find him on Instagram. It's Valley Town on Instagram. I think is his Instagram name. Yeah. Um, and his Twitter account, the Just Giving page to donate to be part of this raffle is on there. And all the details of what part of the Children's Hospital that is going to be found on that Just Giving page. Um, and, and just go there and if you can, donate. Yeah, that, that, that's the key thing. I don't think there's anything really we can add because I watched the video and I didn't really understand it. To be, it, it, to be fair to him, he started it off by saying he doesn't really know what to do with those kind of videos. Um, but yeah, I mean, the main plug is, I guess, go and check it out. Um, if you're interested, it, you know, it's a great cause. Um, always good as a five pounds to enter into some, I think he phrased it as a two of a kind Jersey raffle. Cause he's got two special jerseys made for it. Um, yeah, go and find it out. Donate some money if you can. That's about it. <laughs> I think anybody, I think we can add anything else to that really. Um, Sam, we'll move on from there. That was the last thing on my agenda, to be fair, gents. The only thing we've really got left are predictions and then the area of the podcast that we always like to end on, 
which we'll come back to. Let's hope that Andy's thought about a story because he wasn't sure about it when we first started the podcast. He's given me a thumbs up, so that's always good. Um, first, we've got the predictions. Um, we're not going to talk about the predictions last week because we didn't do very well. Um, no, well, let's, let's talk okay. about them, yeah. And we go for this one. We will talk about them. Um, there were ten. I don't know what you guys are so happy about. You, you guys did crap. It was just we did worse. <laughs> um, in a four-team tournament, we were the top two. Ooh. Well, um, <laughs> there were ten games that we uh, that we gave our predictions on last week. Um, to be fair, there were only two where um, everybody no sorry three where everybody got it wrong. Um, but there were ten games. Uh, Andy. Uh, was was bottom of the pack last week yes. with two correct first predictions first. out of ten. Nice twenty percent um, rating on that one. Uh, I had four, that's a nice forty percent, and then Dave and Gref were on six each. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna lie, gents. I mean, <laughs> across the board, that was pretty poor last week. To be fair, Glasgow have had a very very poor weekend in terms of results. Um, the Sheffield Cardiff result threw us all. I think we all kind of thought the two imports down would throw Cardiff more than it did. Um, five Guildford. We all said five against Guildford, and Guildford pulled the game out. Uh, and five beat Belfast, which threw us all because we all said Belfast. So I think there were a few anomaly results there. Results so basically, what you're saying is it's all five's fault. It's all five's fault, basically. Gref will be happy with that. I am 100% happy with that. Like <laughs> last season, all over again. Brilliant. But if you can play poorly and finish on top of a group, then, you know, these things happen, so... Yeah. Well, we'll see if we do any better. Oh, hold on. I've missed one. Wednesdays. That was I wrote that on a different part. Me and Dave got that wrong, Andy and Gref got that right. So... But, yeah... A, I think we'll uh, we'll try and do better this week. I, to be fair, it's a test that to an extent is a testament that this year anybody can beat anybody. Five beating Belfast, then five losing to Guildford. Uh, I mean, Cardiff beating Steelers on the long run isn't really that surprising, but no. Um, but we'll move on anyway. Friday uh, the sixth of December. Seems weird that we're already in December, but Friday the sixth of December. Um, Belfast v Sheffield in Belfast. Go usual order. So Andy, Gref, Dave, and me. Sheffield. Confidence from Andy. Uh, I'm gonna say Belfast. Sheffield. I'm a Gref. I'd say Belfast. Uh, we also have on that Friday Manchester v Glasgow in Manchester. 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 Glasgow. And with Dave, Glasgow. Uh, Saturday the 7th, we've got Guildford, Manchester in Guildford. Guildford. Sorry, Greg. It's fine because I'm going Guildford as well. Guildford. Full house for Guildford on that one. So if you're putting a bet on, put your money on Manchester. Um, Glasgow v Cardiff in Glasgow. Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah, I'm going to say Cardiff. 
And again, I'm going to say Cardiff. Um, Dundee, Fife in Dundee. Fife. Dundee. Dundee. Uh, I'll go Dundee. Coventry, Nottingham in Coventry. Nottingham. Uh, Nottingham. Yeah, Nottingham. Yeah, Nottingham. Uh, Belfast, Sheffield in Belfast. Belfast. So I'm going to say Sheffield. Belfast. I'm going to say Sheffield. So we've, we've reversed. <laughs> we've still got a chance, haven't we? Well, yeah. It, well, across the board, yeah. <laughs> Next week, prediction results will be given as a group score. Um, <laughs> Synchronised predictions. Yeah, we'll just give an overall percentage and then swiftly move on. Um, we've got the, Sunday the, the 8th. The prediction Bolero. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Sunday the 8th. We've got Nottingham Guildford in Nottingham. Oh. Guildford. Yeah, I'm going to say Guildford as well. Nottingham. Nottingham for me as well. Dundee, Coventry in Dundee. Coventry. Dundee. Dundee. Dundee again. Uh, Five Cardiff in five. Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah, Cardiff. I can't see Cardiff faltering on this one, so I'm going to go Cardiff as well. Uh, and then Wednesday the 11th, uh, given that we usually record on Thursday nights last Friday morning, um, all Challenge Cup games. Uh, we have Nottingham, Guildford in Nottingham. 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 Guildford. Nottingham. Sheffield, Manchester in Sheffield. I wonder what this is going to be predicted. Sheffield. Manchester. Sheffield. Sheffield. Uh, Belfast, Cardiff in Belfast. Just as a, we can go draws on this as well, can't we? We can have a draw in because it's an aggregate across two games, isn't it? You can do, Joseph. Sound. I'm probably not, but sound. <laughs> <laughs> I think Belfast. See, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to say this is going to be a draw. See, I'm, as I said it, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it could be a good draw. Okay. I'm with Belfast. I don't know. I only go Belfast. I'm not going to go draw. Um, Glasgow, Dundee in Glasgow. You lured into the conversation. Is that that's, that's second leg as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah, actually, yeah, it is. What I can't is remember the score from the first leg. One all. One oh, all. No. Oh, it was a draw. <laughs> this one can't be a draw. Glasgow. 
Let's go. Oh shit. What did you say, Dave? Let's go, Matt. Let's go. Yeah, I can't see any difference. Uh, that's the end of predictions, to be fair. Um, the last thing I've got written down is Stafford stories, gents. So, Stafford, take it away, mate. We're going to start using that wind. <laughs> <laughs> Right, um, <laughs> I'll keep it a show on because I think we've done quite a long one again. Um, 2015, I think it was, CHL Steelers uh, against Flunder, wasn't it? In, in Flunder. I, I think it's 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just go there with was you. My, yeah. Uh, there, there was myself, Dave. Uh, Simon Jordan was was Andy there? Andy Carr, on the tram. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That tram journey was was amazing. Uh, you know, obviously in 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 very good spirits after, after being uh, absolutely blowed um, out by by Colunda. On a tram back to the city centre in the hotel, and um, this like called Alvin uh, jumps on the tram. I will know it's called Alvin. Because he's got a uh, like a necklace with a sign on it that says his name Alvin. Uh, so yeah, a bit, 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 bit like a back and forth with him, and uh, found out his surname was Hansen, so we're trying Alvin Hansen and, uh, and all that. And uh, for some reason, which um, don't want your thought, Dave, but he, he thought we were from Manchester, didn't he? He did, yes. <laughs> he did, yes. <laughs> Oh dear. So yeah, we're, we're all bantering and you know back and forth chanting with him, and uh, I, I think he enjoyed it. Um, wondering if, if we do go back at some point to Flunder, if 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 we'll or Gothenburg, shall I say, if if we'll see him again, maybe we'll bump into him again on 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 a tram with another name tag around him. But uh, no, it was, it was a fantastic it's a fantastic journey. I uh, really enjoyed it. Next time, perfect to Scouse accent. Yeah. Like I said, the best part of that is actually thinking Andy is from Manchester. But that that was to get Andy into a bar that we've been in the previous night or two nights. Yeah. Not a problem. This night it was after the game, and I had to pull off the worst excuse. And I'm thinking this is not going to happen. It's not going to work. I think it was something like I, I run a, a hockey tour. I, I'm the general manager. I've got all the passports, and yeah, he's at such an age. How do you know? Because I'm such a such. I made this absolute rubbish excuse. It was the only way he managed to get into the bar. So about a ten minute effort of getting Andy into this bar, we stayed for one drink. Because it was awful. And it's like, wow. But Dave kept that one under his cap just in case anybody else raised the question. (laughs) There's a see. That's that's the, the beauty of European trips. There's always some good stories, whether it's. Uh, Conti Cup CHL or World Champs, you know, spelling apartment incorrectly. There's always a fantastic story to be had. Maybe that, maybe one podcast we do end, you know, end of season, we just do stories from European trips. Yeah, that sounds like a plan to me. 
think we might need to get Ben Clark on the uh, as a as a guest speaker for that one, just for his dance, just for the dancing in Copenhagen. That's what we can do. That's what we can get. Well. The floor ball, yeah. So that's what we do. Get people we know who've been on these trips with the stories. Get them like kind of a live one. That'd be an immense podcast. Would. It would. However, this is not the time for brainstorming future podcasts. Um, Give the people what they want, mate. How can the people tell us what they want now? Good question, Griff. Joe, how can the people tell us what they want? Well, I'm glad you asked, David. Um, (laughs) We are at MFZ Podcast on Twitter. (laughs) We are My Fancies on Bodhi Podcast on Facebook. We are not on Instagram. Um... Just thought I'd throw that one in there. Uh, yeah, if you've got any questions, <laughs> feel free to ask. Um, we don't bite. We just generally don't see them and then don't ask them for another three episodes. What? I'm not, in, I'm not including Andy in that we don't bite. Right. Well, Greff definitely doesn't bite. doesn't have any teeth. Nibs. Nibs. <laughs> I thought it was implied in the fact that Greff was toothless that he doesn't bite. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. I think this is time to end before we go any further, like, downhill. Any more delirious. Any more delirious, yes, correct. Um, so, gentlemen, I think, um, <laughs> thank you very much, Gref. Thank you. Apologies for saying you don't have any teeth. I'm not actually sorry about that. I have to say, you're not sorry. No, that's... that's I, I am sorry for lying to you and saying that I was sorry. Yeah, it's fine. I guess I get. I'll, we'll, we'll draw a line over it. Till next time. Yeah. Till next time. Brilliant. Well, thank you for having me anyway. Sorry. Well, thank you for having me, mate. And also, I hope you had a wonderful birthday. Oh, thank you. I did. Thank you. Aww. See, this is why I like Griff. He asks the nice questions. <laughs> I know. I feel old now, I'm 24. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might get a reaction from David Graff. Um, I've got Andy, a month left. <laughs> got a month left. Yeah, Andy, the, the youngster of the podcast now. Um, <laughs> well, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Graff. Thanks for listening. Uh, really, really enjoyed this one. I have to say this before we move on to say thanks to, to Dave. This might actually be a My Fancy Zamboni podcast historical episode because I don't think Andy had any internet issues throughout that recording. You say now. Wait for it. And I'm back. Andy? Andy's frozen. (laughs) (laughs) I I was a little scared, I'll admit, because the the picture went and... uh, uh, it sounds a little bit before we start recording, so I was getting a bit nervous. But luckily, it, it's, it's been good to me. So could have been dangerous. Could have. That's a bit dangerous. Have to get it changed again. <laughs> Brilliant. We're moving swiftly on from that. Dave, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I will wake up in the morning and go and cash in my pension. Um, I thank you, Greg. Thank you, Andy. Um, and thank you to everyone who listens and puts up with our absolute rubbish. I've got to say, I'll throw now, there's a, a friend of the podcast, um, I'll not name him, uh, but he has bought a new item, an Alexa, and he has it set for when it's the. Maureen. 
It's not Maureen. It's uh, one of our friends Sorry. in Belfast. He has set it so his Alexa tells him that the latest podcast has been uploaded. Ready to listen. What can you say to that? But to everyone who listens, thank you for putting up with our rubbish. Um, we, we strive to get even worse week on week. This is the point where we say, Alexa, play Gloria, and then ask him to tweet us if his Alexa started playing Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> now, I echo what Dave says. Thank you to everybody for listening. Um, we do have a tendency to go on at the end of the podcast, don't we? I mean, we don't talk about anything for the last 10 minutes, so if anybody listens to the end, thank you very much. Um, Everyone else goes, thank you, thank you, goodbye. We go, thank you, thank you. Oh, you remember this? Oh, remember that? And then all of a sudden it's, oh, we're still recording. Oh. <laughs> no, thank you to everybody. Um, it must be old age, Joe, that you just forget to stop the recording. Well, what can I say? What can I say? I'm getting, getting old now. So. You're very welcome. I told you, wrong podcast. Copyright. <laughs> no free ads, Dave. No free ads. <laughs> well, just no ads generally, but, you know. <laughs> You get a letter from Dave Sims now. <laughs> what? Thank you for the free ad. No, um, copyright of you're very welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to say you're very welcome now. It's it's it's, it's copyright and trademark to the Steelers uh, podcast. Oh God. Brilliant. Yeah, I think that's probably what everybody's saying right now. So thank you very much for everybody listening. <laughs> the episode of My Fancy Zamboni. We'll see you in episode fifty-three. Um, Hopefully, we'll get free on the free on. I don't even know what I'm trying to say there. Free on the bounce. There we go. Without a break, with a full roster. We shall see. But yeah, thank you to everybody for listening. Episode 53. 52. 52. <laughs> 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 it was going to the future. And cut.